Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode 31 of Work Life 360. Today we're going to be talking all about overcoming fear. Uh, such a awesome topic, very important in these times. Uh, but first, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to Work Life 360. If you've been with us for a while, thank you so much for joining us every single week as Ron and I deliver actionable tips, tricks, and trades. Um, but first, again, today is all about overcoming fear. Rhonda, how are you today? Nervous. <laughs> Nervous? No! <laughs> kidding. No, what I like is we don't script our shows, so I never know exactly what's going to come out of my mouth. And this is a particular topic that uh, resonates on so many levels, both personally and professionally. But other than that, I'm doing great. Extra day off, spent three days unplugged in nature with all the bugs in the Arizona heat in the mountains. So um, I have a lot of energy today. Rhonda, (laughs) you gave away our biggest secret. What's that? (laughs) That our show's not scripted. Oh. We get asked a lot, you know, who does all of your content? Who does all, like, who does all the research? And no, guys, this this is Rhonda and I, raw, real, live. We don't edit very much um so a lot of the stuff that we say is uh comes straight from the heart which is it does pack a little fear because again we don't know where these conversations lead they just kind of happen we have a topic and then we kind of just dig in from there mm-hmm. uh, both of us have a lot of experience in uh in life as well as in professional so uh no fear is one of those things that goes is everywhere right and Early on in our episodes, uh, we talked about KFC, and and no, no, not Kentucky Fried Chicken, <laughs> um, but knowledge, fear, and confidence, and and it's funny when we were talking about this, you know, I asked Ron, I said, have we talked about KFC? And she's like, I just found in my notes that we did, so we have talked about it. So I'm not going to beat that horse, but it is so true that the more knowledge we have when we go to make a decision the higher our confidence. And the higher our confidence, the lower our fear. So today we're gonna be talking about how do we overcome when our fear is high, our confidence is low, and our knowledge is low. Okay, so that KF, that F and KFC is the fear piece. So when that fear is high, if you're looking at, if you're thinking of like a bar graph, okay, and that fear is high, your knowledge and confidence are gonna be low. So how do we, how do we combat that? How do we, how we work through that. For me, I think just listening to you explain that again, it's first of all, kind of letting go of what we think other people are going to think and kind of cultivating like authenticity, which is really hard to do. It's hard to be authentic in this world where we have a fear of messing up or not acting in a certain way or not performing in a certain way and that can create a lot of anxiety stress which the unhealthy stress which really can make us 
become stuck, hesitant to even show up. We're less apt to accomplish some little everyday to-do list things that are usually kind of normal. But when we live in that fear-based mindset and worry about comparing ourselves to others and wondering what somebody's going to think, we lose our self-resiliency to show up as our authentic self in a way that is good enough for where we are with the skill set we have. So as you mentioned there, Bruce, with knowledge, we are now able to show up in a more accelerated way with maybe more success and more purpose with what we're doing. But until we're until we learn the skill set that we need, it's really hard to break away from the fears um, rolling, rolling around in our head. Mm-hmm. And fear creates hesitation. Mm-hmm. It's how you perceive it and your perception. Fear can cause us to take action one way or another. But in order to, to overcome fear... You first have to you, you first have to know where your fear comes from. You know, like some people are naturally afraid of heights. Other people have became afraid of heights because of something that happened, um, previous actions from others, or in a business sense. Imagine a bunch of your friends just got let go, and you were in the same circle they were. Your activity and your performance was about the same. Well, yeah, you're then going to be fearful of your job, Mm -hmm. right? Your job security. Or imagine, you know, as a boss, you need to promote somebody, but you don't know how the team is going to react to you promoting one person over another or, you know, bringing in somebody new into your organization. That's fearful. You know, there's some some fear there, like, what this person is not a good fit, so there's fear all over the place. If a lot of people, if my friends just got let go, then I need to gain more knowledge, okay? I need to become more aware of the situation so that my confidence can increase and I, my fear then decreases. And gaining that knowledge comes in different forms. Mm-hmm. Talking to your manager, finding out you know, what were the criteria, if it's bringing in somebody new into your organization, really vetting them in the interview process to make sure that they're a good fit for your for your culture. But there's ways that we can now gain information. Now that we know what the fear is or where it comes from, we can now gain the information to combat that fear. I concur. I think what you said there is really, really important in terms of the first step is really identifying your triggers, what triggers fear, unhealthy fear. As you mentioned, there's a healthy amount of fear that's just part of our day-to-day with the unknowns, unexpected tendencies that we just naturally, our minds and our body want to move in a way that's very reflexive versus very deliberate. When we live in that fear world, sometimes we Mm -hmm. have to be very deliberate in the way we think and our actions that we take so that we can move away from the fear in a healthy way. So that that I concur, Bruce, is really important. But identifying the triggers really is important. And, you know, I would encourage folks to even journal that. Like when you notice that there's some fear showing up that's really hindering your progress, that fight or flight or freeze stage, identify what 
the fear is. Is it something internal, external? Like what are the variables? So then you can kind of perceive where it's coming from. Is it really something internal? And if it is something internal, as you mentioned, doing the internal work with yourself or maybe a counselor or coach or something like that. But if it's external, then really stepping away and understanding if there's an external drive there that's causing that fear, is it a healthy one? Is it one that really merits you spending your time on? You know, and then as you alluded to, reaching out and getting support from people in your circles, your bosses, your managers, people on your team that can kind of help you manage those fears, particularly in a new job situation. Or as you mentioned, if somebody new is in charge of leadership for your team and you're not sure of their personality, you know, we can sometimes read people the wrong way and make these assumptions without really knowing because of that fear factor. So just talks to the need to just speak up and share your vulnerable feelings, which is also hard to do. But in doing that, I think we can all picture in our minds when we were in a fearful situation in our job, when we, we had the courage to speak up for ourselves authentically and say, hey, I really have no idea what you're talking about. Can you please spend some time sharing with me what I need to do to do the job well? That's really critical. So there are some actionable things that we can actually do to help fear become more healthy and motivate us to um, reach our goals. You know, and you mentioned something there that I want to kind of go back. You know, we talk about tips and tricks and all that good stuff. I never knew how to do this until just recently and that's journaling Mm. you mentioned maybe even journal about it kind of explain what journaling is because i you know i'm a manly man i Uh I hunt i fish i you know do all that manly stuff change my own oil all that good stuff but like this was actually one piece that i thought oh that's just for that's for that's not for me but cut and i now i realize wow this is not just, it's for me, it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it is such a release that it's overlooked. Um, mm-hmm. So it, kind of talk to us about journaling a little bit. Journaling is interesting. There are different methods to journaling. So you can have a specific purpose. Journaling like your gratitude journaling, there are different forms. Or you know, if you're weighing out the pros and cons of a decision that you have to make, that's a wonderful way to explore the possibilities of a decision that maybe you're fearful of. So in the context of that new boss, writing down where your fears come from about this change. Maybe you had a really good experience with your previous boss and there's some feelings of loss or sadness because now there's a departure there. So that's important to be cognizant of. And when you write these things down, you can begin to see where your mind is. And as you're journaling, there's actually a feeling. So you'll have an emotional reaction, not only while you're writing as a way to self-soothe or allow some of the emotions that may be manifesting in your body to leave. And then, so you can be very deliberate and intentional with your journaling or just journal whatever's on your mind and then step back for a minute and then come back and review and see where your mindset was and then notice where your mindset is when you're reading it again. And sometimes you might just notice those fears have subsided somewhat, just maybe really subtly, or maybe you think a different way or you have a different perspective because something else happened and you 
acted in a way at work that maybe changed your whole way of thinking. Maybe there was a mistake that happened and this new boss um, offered an experience for you to learn and grow and actually took time to sit down and share some strategies. So it's just a really good way to explore where your mind is, what you're thinking, and then also put down some keywords of the emotions that you're feeling. Are you feeling angry? Are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling lost? Are you feeling vulnerable? Are you feeling neglected? Are you feeling disvalued? Or all the positive things too, which are sometimes hard to tap into. And it sounds you know, kind of fluffy and all, but it's been shown that when you take the time to be more observant, it can help reset the way you're thinking, even help you with your self-esteem as you learn and grow more to maybe see where you're maybe a little biased, you know what I'm saying? Versus what is actually reality because we can all create these stories in our head and then one thing can instantly change that story. And I will give you a personal share on this. So my biological mother that I recently um, gotten to know over the past year, all I heard about from her for the past year was how her mother hated her because she wasn't a boy. And that led to substance abuse, leaving all her children with other variables. But she just felt unloved by her mother because her mother named her Will Anns because she was told she wanted a boy and she didn't want a girl. So she had this whole story in her head. She did not have a good relationship with her mother and not with her children. Obviously, she gave up all five of us. But she has since learned from a second cousin that actually she was named in a very loving way after her second great-grandmother. Bruce, I can't tell you, Mm. that has changed our entire conversation about her name and how just her name in her mind was so damaging and created so much fear and resentment and heartache. And now to learn at 80 years old that you were actually named in a loving way after your great-grandmother. All these stories she's been putting in our head all these years were just that, that yeah. stories. And we do that all the time. We get the email, we read it, and we're like, holy shit, you know, I'm in trouble for X, Y, Z. We read into things, which is just a part of being human. So just understanding that when we journal, we slow our minds and our thoughts thought process down some and it just allows us to step back a minute get rid of those feelings those painful feelings that have a tendency to show up and just feel just more meaning I think in whatever it is we're doing and so we can change our stories to a more positive flexible mindset I think does that make sense wow oh yeah yeah thanks for sharing that because that's a great picture of I mean I don't know if it was it a rumor that that's why she was named that or was it just unclear just in her head because her mother had said to her at one time we really wanted a boy because they had had all girls and she was the last one so when they named her will ann she she took it as well i was supposed to be william so they just changed it to will ann nobody said that but in her mind she created Uh. this story and that's all i've heard of like every conversation on the phone was about how her mother didn't love her and come to find out her mother named her in a very lovingly way which she just was not open to in her mindset granted she had lots of mental illnesses there but and she has like five different names all because of that picture she had in her mind and now she says even when she says her name 
you can hear the joy. I mean, I can't imagine ha carrying that baggage around for 80 years and what 80. it does to a person. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about fear and um, an acronym that I commonly use is fear just stands for false evidence appearing real. Mm. So a lot of times fear is an emotion. So again, you get the knowledge, your fear decreases, but then if you turn around and look at it logically, what's the likelihood? Okay, let's look at worst case scenario. Again, I'm gonna go back to my friends being let go at a company, okay? Mm -hmm. friends, your friends get let go, the probability of you getting let go, okay? Obviously, it's not as high as theirs because they are let go, but okay, mm -hmm. now look at it one step further. If you were to get let go, what's, what's life after look like, okay? Because are you fearful of the fact that you might lose your job because you're not gonna be able to pay your bills? You know, where does that, where does this logically fit in? And a lot of times, you're, you're gonna be fine. Mm. As humans, we are very resilient. Everybody's had a situation that they've had to deal with, whether it be personal, business, friends, family. We, we've all gone through tough situations. You cannot speak logic to somebody that's in an emotional state, mm. right? You can't, if somebody's going through some anxiety or, you know, some bad mental talk or some some depression like you can't tell them oh everything's gonna be fine mm. you can't give them a logical fact they just they can't comprehend it at that time you have to get them out of an emotional state you have to get yourself you have to get yourself out of the emotional state and into a logical thinking state mm -hmm. yeah because when we're in that fear state as we've talked about before, that's our reptilian brain. It's kind of like when we're awake and we're living in the sphere, our amygdala brain, our emotional brain, is overpowering our frontal cortex, our higher thinking, like where we can make decisions without all the emotions that show up. And that's really hard to do for some people. Some people are just more emotional. I mean, if you if you think about teenagers, our brain isn't fully developed till we're 25, 26. Teenagers, they make decisions based upon fear, pressure, mm -hmm. because their brain is not fully developed, so they, they react based upon their emotions. Mm -hmm. And then all of us obviously develop at different stages, but the more we develop our frontal brain, our prefrontal cortex, by learning, practicing critical thinking, you know, cultivating some healthy habits on achievement. That's where we can start to quiet the fear part of our brain down so our intellect can make the decisions and influence our actions. And so there's a balance there because obviously fear, depending on the level of fear and our coping skills, sometimes it's going to win. <laughs> but having habits in place to curtail that by practicing health habits, which we've also talked about, is really mm -hmm. important. So even if it's somebody who's gained a lot of knowledge, so I will say while working at Georgetown Law, really highly cognitive functioning people, 
their body awareness was, they didn't have those skills. Like if I asked them about different body sensation, that part of their brain is completely shut off because they're so focused on whatever their perfectionism is for their work. You know what I mean? They're really super smart. So understanding that we all are somewhere different on the spectrum of our emotions and the way we think and what we pay attention to every day. So you want to find that balance between your thinking brain and your emotional brain and and notice and that's where journaling can really help. Mm -hmm. And so another way to help combat fear uh, is to take action. Um, knowing that it's going to work out, right? Action cures fear. So guess what? If you are afraid to go on dates, you're always going to be afraid to go on dates until you go on a date. Action moves emotions. Yes. Sure. Yes. And, you know, you're going to be scared the first day of work at a new company. You're going to be full of emotions. You're going to have the feels, as, as the kids say. Uh, you're going to have all the feelings. And you're going to be excited. You're going to be nervous. You're going to be worried. You're going to be scared. You're going to be all these emotions. But at the end of the day, all those emotions played a part in your day, but they weren't necessary. Right? You know, you don't want to, you don't want a cold call. You don't want to pick up the phone and make dials all day. You're always going to have that fear until you actually do it. And often, the funny thing is, is, let me ask you, Rhonda, have you ever done anything that first scared the bejesus out of you, but then once you did it, you actually grew from it or actually maybe enjoyed it? Well, obviously, the first thing that comes to my mind, which I've talked about with you off offline, is just the fear of public speaking kind of sort of on a podcast (laughs) yeah yes I literally had anxiety like I was fearful I definitely don't have it now I would say probably about four or five episodes in is where I finally noticed that that fear showing up like the anxiousness in my stomach throat feeling scratchy my neck even feeling like tension stuttering even though I still stutter every now and then (laughs) and Losing my train of thought, as I just did right there, was really hard. But when it was over, like we were done speaking, it was such an amazing experience, and I was glad to do it. And there were a couple times where I was like, ah, I don't know. And I talked to a couple people to get their feedback, and they're like, just do, as you mentioned, just do it. And the more you engage in something that's uncomfortable and a little fearful, the more you're going to overcome some of those objections in your mind Mm -hmm. wow and it opens up the doors to so many conversations or opportunities that you could not even fathom so for me like I often will think of you I'll think of our listeners that have gave us some feedback and just wondering how they're doing just appreciating the blessings that come along the process of actually showing up and enjoying the journey with all the imperfections that yeah. shows up. Yeah, and paint a picture for for people here that are trying to think of a time when they had a lot of fear and they overcame it and actually enjoyed it, and that's simply 
driving, learning how to drive. Um, you know, I'll never forget my dad had, we had a big full size truck and it was his pride and joy and it was like brand new and that's what I learned to drive on. And I, yes, I definitely had some fear there. It was a big truck (laughs) and didn't want to make a mistake, you know, a lot of fear, but then I took action, learning in a parking lot, going down some country roads, you know, taking baby steps, but now people jump in a car and don't even think twice Mm -hmm. because they've taken enough action to overcome that fear. I would say too, another story that will probably resonate with our listeners for women, but men as well, is going to a gym with all Mm. the body image issues that we have. I can say 25 years in this business, all cultures, predominantly women, but some men as well, that body image distortion is really a challenge. So the fact that they think everyone is staring at them and paying attention to them and they don't want to look in the mirrors, you know, when you're trying to explain form and posture and things of that nature, that's so low in terms of their self-confidence and their self-esteem, but you just encourage them to, you know, to keep showing up, keep showing up mm-hmm. as their best self, as they are today without creating the story of what they think they should look like, what the perfect person looks like when they're exercising. Society creates that. Mm-hmm. But so many people are fearful of just taking care of their health because of the stigma around the perfect body. Um, So for me, it's so heartwarming to see people that are obese or they have certain struggles, having the courage to show up and engage in activity that it almost feels like they're naked, really. That's the way I would equate some of their feelings to. Environment where they're being judged and then to see them flourish and grow into their own and feel good enough. And then they start to look in the mirror and you see them smile and they, their body relaxes and they actually enjoy the experience. That took courage for them just to walk in those doors. So something everyone can relate to. I can relate. So at my gym, there's a very large woman, um, probably in her mid forties and kind of became a thing between us is I I love to see her in there. And yeah. the first time we had this interaction is she she just got done doing, you know, just body squats. And she was like, she was out of breath and she was struggling. I just gave her the fist pump like, yeah. And she smiled oh, and geez. she kind of waved. And, and so then, you know, went about my workout and I came mm-hmm. back and she was still doing, you know, body squats. And I gave her another fist pump like, yeah. And she smiled and, and now like she's there every morning and... I don't know if if what I did made an impact. Oh, I know I'm I put sure a smile on her face. I'm sure it did, Bruce. Absolutely. That's yeah, beautiful. I know I put a smile on her face and maybe made her day. But I I have the inner hope that like mm. it really impacted her to like she's going she's going every day, you know. And when we like I see her all the time and I always give her fist pumps and you know I've never talked to her. I've never had a don't even know her name. Just. Just see her to gym and she's there, right? Which is so cool. Because the gym shouldn't be a place of macho and, you know, who can squat more and stuff. It it's a place of 
honestly, self-development all around. Everybody in there is trying to get it better one way or another, whether it's you're lifting two and a half pound weights or you're, you know, bench pressing 400 pounds. So embrace one another and, and encourage each other on. I've got it. There's a guy. Um, this guy's probably 60, but he, he's got some bad knee problems. And there's a hill that leads up to our gym, a steep hill. I mean, it's very steep. And this man runs up and down and every single day. He's out there, and I honk my horn and wave at him mm. as I'm leaving, and he gives me the old pump, you know, fist pump, and it's lift people up, you know. That's it, life is too short to go around and judge others, and you know, especially at the gym, people are trying to do their best and trying to improve themselves. It's a it's a personal development factory. Uh, yeah, I would say too, when we allow some compassion and support others just naturally we will allow a little more self-compassion for ourselves as well to be vulnerable and show our mm-hmm. fears and share them. So, Yep. Yeah. Um, one last tip for fear, and that's just visualize yourself doing what scares you. Well, if it's you're losing your job or you're starting a new job, but like visualize what that looks like after you do it, after it happens. Prepare yourself. Best case is you enjoy it, you love it, Worst case is you don't like it, it sucks, and you move on. Mm-hmm. But visualize yourself doing it. You know, Bruce and Rhonda, I need to do this. This is something I've been putting off for far too long. I need to do this. Okay, visualize yourself doing it. And remember that life happens in the transitions. That's where we grow and develop. Mm-hmm. When we get out of our comfort zone, that's where we can tap into new sense of purpose exploration of something that maybe wasn't even on our radar and just be proud of the process or or try to enjoy the journey with all the ups and downs and know that it's life is one chapter after the other just when we think we've conquered our biggest fear there definitely will be another one along the way. So remember Mm -hmm. that and just keep that in mind and that can really help us accomplish our goals in a healthy way. Fear definitely is important and um, we can manage it in healthy ways. Yep. So this this concludes our episode of Work Life 360. Thank you so much for joining us. You found us, you did it, you listened all the way through. Good job to you. Take care and be safe. Be well, everyone. Thanks for listening. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes, any links, any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumierswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningtheseedsforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.